Monday, Yud Alef Sivan, Tafshin, Ayin Dalid. We are coming to you live from the headquarters of Ariel Tours in New York. I'm Mayor Weingarten. Welcome to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Poogie, 
from their final performance in uh, Tel Aviv. That was Shira Makolet, the famous Makolet song. Welcome, one and all. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. We are here live every Monday, immediately following JM in the AM. That is 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Israel Time. But, of course, you can listen to us whenever and wherever through the beauty and the wonders of the Internet and the iPhone and all the other various devices and machines, as they are often called, which um, provide you with great programming on the Nachum Siegel Network. The app, by the way, the Nachum Siegel Network app, which was overhauled totally a few weeks ago, just before Yom Yerushalayim, uh, there was an update to it over the weekend, so make sure to go into your uh, iTunes store or your Android uh, store and get the update, which makes the app even better. Um, we have lots of things on the docket today to share with you, and I have a feeling we're not going to get to them all because of the uh, unbelievable <laughs> events surrounding the elections for the President of Israel, which we plan to talk about, but but this is like out of control, out of control. We're going to get to a lot of those events very soon. I, I thought it would be appropriate just to give you a quick overview of the history of that position. The president of Israel, that's be, who is going to be elected tomorrow, the next president, the current president is Shimon Peres, and there are one, two, three, four, five people vying for the slot now. It's a seven-year term. Well, we, we know that the prime minister, currently Netanyahu, runs the country. So, so what powers does the president of the country have? And the answer is none, really. But what does he do? It's a, it's a ceremonial position. And uh, he's there to bring good feeling, to raise the morale, to unite the people. These are all the things that the president does. He's a... He, he's looked upon as this almost nice grandfatherly figure that everybody loves. Um, why is there such a role? Why is there such a position in Israel if it doesn't really have much power? And the answer is historic, going back to 1947, 1948, when the State of Israel was founded, 1948, there was... Um, a person that needed a job. His name was Chaim Weizmann. Chaim Weizmann was one of the key figures in the Zionist movement. He was very influential in uh, the fact, he was influential in the process of creating the State of Israel. He had a lot of influence in Great Britain during World War I, and it was his influence that brought about the Balfour Declaration, etc. So Chaim Weizmann, by that time, was an elderly gentleman, who Ben-Gurion needed to give a job to, you know, and he, in Hebrew they call it Sidur Avodah. And so Ben-Gurion came up with this idea, let's create a, a sort of almost a make-believe role called the presidency. It sounds good, it's very, sounds prestigious, very covetic as they say, and we'll give it to Chaim Weizmann and everybody will be happy except Chaim Weizmann, of course, who, it is uh, said, I don't know if it's apocryphal or not, um, that now that he's the president of Israel, the only place that he can stick his nose is into his own handkerchief. 
And so that's why there is a presidency. But over the years, of course, because it is prestigious, many people um, wanted to be, to hold that position. And there are, as I mentioned, five people vying for it. We'll talk all about it. Lots of interesting um, developments, literally over the past few days, that have totally changed around the race. Um, I loved Saul, our friend, our listener and friend, Saul Lieberman. <laughs> I loved his comment on our Facebook page. He, write, he wrote that the, the presidential election is maybe the first reality show that he actually watches. Totally with you on that, Saul. We're going to um, back musically to 1983, Lahakat Tislam put out a song called Tanuli Rock and Roll, or Rock and Roll. It's actually how it is written in Hebrew. Rock, Reish Vav Kuf, and Aleph Nandalid Roll, Reish Vav Lamed. Uh, and the reason we're playing Tanuli Rock and Roll, Give Me Some Rock and Roll, is in a tribute and a salute to the Rolling Stones, a rock and roll group, or I would say a leading, or the leading rock and roll band, who, who bucked the B- BDSers, and proudly performed in Israel for the first time last week. And so we salute them with this Tanuli rock and roll of Tislam. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Talent, see a goal. I'm rallying, 
it. It's newly rock and roll. And as we said, that's going out in tribute to the Rolling Stones for their proud performance in Israel last week. You're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. My name is Mayor Weingarten. Thank you so much for joining us, making us a part of your day, wherever you are, whatever day it is, whatever time it is, you can listen to us. It's amazing, wherever and whenever. And uh, if you missed it, Shlomo Zwickler was, um, Shlomo Zwickler, Zwickler joined Nachum Siegel for, uh, I believe it was the last hour of JM in the AM. If you didn't hear, great, great as always. Um, Shlomo is, and the chemistry between Shlomo and Nachum is amazing. So if you missed it, um, make sure to go back to the archives at NachumSiegel.com and check it out. Well, we're talking about the presidential elections in Israel. They are going to be held tomorrow. And as far as the candidates are concerned, and now there are five. That's right. Well, let's, they started off, I think, with, uh, let's see, they started off with seven, and then Sylvan Shalom dropped out. And then everybody was talking about Fuad Ben Eliezer. Fuad is his nickname. His full name is Binyamin Ben Eliezer. He um, was a general in the army for many years. He was a member of Knesset from the Labor Party and a minister in the various governments over the years. He's an elderly gentleman. I think he's around um, mid-70s maybe. And uh, he was one of the leading candidates. And over the weekend, he was hit with headlines of a major, major financial scandal, and he was forced to drop out of the race. I'm telling you, it's amazing. The um, the dirt of politics is really something, because there was nothing new here. The, the information that, that was revealed over the weekend was obviously known to um, – to Fuad Ben Eliezer's enemies for quite a while. And, of course, they waited till the opportune moment, just a few days before the elections, to bring it out and alert the police and so forth and so on. Just enough time for him not to be able to fight the allegations if they were false and force him to drop out. Um, what happened to him? What were the allegations? Well, it seems that Fuad Ben Eliezer, um, towards uh, the latter part of his career, became rather corrupt and accepted, whether you would call them bribes or gifts, whatever you want to call them, from some rather wealthy uh, tycoons who had an interest in things that he was in charge of as minister. And he bought a penthouse in Yafo for nine million shekel. Let's give you an idea. That's about two and a half million dollars. Now you say, how could that be? A man who was in the army and a member of Knesset, he was in, in the public service all his life. How could he have that kind of money? It was so obvious. You have to either not care or become so jaded to do something like this, to to put yourself in this position where you spend so much money so openly. I mean, he didn't buy something that he keeps in a safe. 
he bought a huge penthouse apartment, which was obviously worth a lot of money. And so when they started looking into where did the money come from, he came up with all kinds of excuses. And quite frankly, he lied through his teeth. And uh, what turned out was that he got $400,000, which he claims was a loan, but that's what they usually say um, when you get a bribe, $400,000 in an official transfer of money between this uh, tycoon, this uh, Georgian, Russian Georgian tycoon, um, and and him. And and then there was another $300,000. And they said, where did you get that $300,000 from? And he said, well, I got that from family and friends and so forth. And and the funny part is that it, he got he had a bank check for $300,000. And he went to a change point. You know, in Israel they have these um, – Money uh, check cashing and money changing places where you can convert dollars into shekel, shekel into dollars. So he went to one of those places. This is like unbelievable. How stupid could he be? And took that $300,000 check, went to a change point, and got it in cash. Oh, my. Oh, yes. This morning, by the way, as the police were going through all of Benjamin Eliezer's um, holdings, they opened a safe of his in one of the banks in Israel and found hundreds of thousands of dollars more in cash. Oh, my gosh. Clearly, clearly, we have reached the um, the, the lows of uh, that Yeshayahu talks about. Sarayich Sarurim, Chavrei Ganavim, yeah, 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 yeah. No question about it. So, the front, one of the front runners, there were two. We'll talk about the other one soon. But that front runner, Benjamin Ben Eliezer, he's out of the race and that changed everything. We'll get, tell you more about who is now the front runner and what the prospects are in the Israeli presidential election. We'll get to that after this next song. This is Idan Amadi and his brothers. Singing Caribone. Very nice, very interesting. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nahum Siegel Network. Yeah. 
Idan Amadi, I love it. Idan Amadi and his brothers, I should say, with Yeri Bone. Really nice. You're tuned uh, to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. My name is Mayor Weingarten. Thank you so much for tuning in, making us a part of your day. We're talking about the elections, upcoming elections, tomorrow in Israel for the position of President of Israel. We spoke about the history of it, and um, we spoke about the latest news, and as a result of the Corruption charges against uh, Benjamin Fuad Ben Eliezer, who dropped out of the race. All the other candidates rushed to expose their financial situation, and um, they've all come out and shown what they owe, what they own, and so forth. It's amazing. For example, how um, Mayor Shitrit, who is um, a 65-year-old um, Knesset member, who spent his entire life in the public service, he was mayor of Yavnet at the age of 25, um, and so forth. How he now, it, it seems, has owns four apartments in Israel. And, um, of course, people ask questions. Where is that? What is that about? The rest of the um, candidates all revealed their financial situations, their holdings, and so forth. And there was no major surprises there. Ruby Rivlin, Uvain Rivlin, the leading candidate at this point, without a doubt, uh, 74 years old, has been a member of Knesset and the Likud party since 1988. He was also Speaker of the Knesset and served with distinction there. 
was born in Yerushalayim. He's a member of the famous Rivlin family, the students of the Gra, who came to Israel in the late 17, early 1800s. His family arrived to Israel, the Rivlins, in 1809 and have had such a central part in the development of the land of Israel and the city of Yerushalayim and then the state of Israel. And um, Ruby Rivlin is a re- – I, I think he's the best candidate. Uh, the only problem is for some – somehow he's crossed Benjamin Netanyahu, the prime minister, or, or Bibi's wife. And, and so there's some bad blood there, and Netanyahu's tried to keep – box him out. If not for that, I think he would be a shoo-in. Run against him, as we mentioned, Mayor Shitriit. Dalia Itzik, who 61, was a uh, Labor Party Knesset member and then a Kadima Knesset member from 1992 to 2012. She was served in several ministerial positions. She was born in Yerushalayim. She led the teachers union in Yerushalayim, was deputy mayor of the city. And um, she's a strong candidate as well. Those are the three main candidates, Ruby Rivlin, Mayor Shitrit, and Dalia Itzik. There are two outsider candidates, non, not political people and people that don't really stand much of a chance, but I guess for whatever reason they were moved to try to, um, to make a run for this post. One is, rather surprisingly, Professor Dan Schechtman, 73-year-old professor in the Technion, who in 2011 won the Nobel Prize in Chemistry, one of the many Israelis. I think there are 10 or 11 Israelis who have won Nobel Prizes so far in the short, um, what is it, 60, uh, 66 years of the State of Israel. Um, he won the prize, by the way, just in case you're wondering, for the discovery of quasi-crystals. I have no idea what that is. He's a professor. He's a, 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 a chemist professor at the Technion. And he decided that uh, this would be a good job for him. Very unusual. He's a rather stiff um, academic type. He's not a warm personality. Um, It's weird that he's decided to run. And the other outsider, surprising, former Supreme Court Justice Dahlia Dorner. She's the second female, uh, together with Dahlia Itzik, to run. She's 80, and uh, she also... uh, doesn't bring much, is a rather cold fish, doesn't bring much to the campaign. It's, it's quite clear that the, you know, you never know in Israel, but it would seem quite clear that the campaign is between these top three, Ruby Rivlin, Mayor Shitrit, Dalia Itzik, and by the way, Ruby Rivlin is, yes, is related to our very own Matis Weingast. So, if he gets elected, look for the pictures of Matis at the presidential residence in you shall I am. We'll uh, play another song and then we'll get to the last piece of this puzzle, and that is who votes, how the vote takes place, and what to expect tomorrow. Uh, we're analyzing, looking at the presidential race in the state of Israel. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nahum Siegel Network. <laughs>
Voices for Israel, Keeping the Faith, Volume 1, that was Tefillah, here on The Israel Show. Thank you so much for tuning in. My name is Mayor Weingarten, and we are coming to you live via the Nachum Siegel Network, and uh, of course, it's... um, you might be listening live. We're doing this live. But you also might be listening at any point in time and at any place. It's amazing, amazing, the world that we live in where you can uh, just listen to your favorite music, shows, content, whenever, wherever, on your computer, on your phone, via the apps. It's in your car, in your car. I was talking to Mark Zamek over the Shavuot holiday about how we all realize that it's coming, it just we don't know how long it'll take, but there will be within the next few years. Um, there, you will have in your car a quote-unquote radio that will be able to pick up streams like the Nachum Siegel Network. And uh, you'll be able to listen in your car, just like you listen to, um, to, to over-the-air radio today. Um, one last point about the Israeli presidential election, then we'll try to get to some of the other stuff after more music. Um, why is it so hard to predict the results of this election and who votes? And that, those two questions are tied into each other. The vote is not by the people of Israel. It is actually by the Knesset. That's how back in 48, Ben-Gurion was able to control the vote 
because um, it was a Knesset vote and he had very strong hold over the members of his party and their affiliates that had an overwhelming majority of the Knesset at the time. Um, 49, 48, 49, I should say. Um, but, and here's the big but, it is a secret ballot. The only vote in the state of Israel, to the best of my knowledge, is the only vote in the state of Israel that is a, in the Knesset that is a secret ballot. The members of the Knesset do not have to reveal who they voted for. And so everybody can promise everybody anything, and then when it comes to vote, they can do something else, which is why two elections ago, everybody was sure that Shimon Peres would win. Moshe Katsav won. Because a whole bunch of members of the Shas party changed their vote. They promised to vote one way, ended up voting another. So it's hard to know, hard to tell who is going to win. What does seem to be is that there will be two rounds because you need a majority and being that there are five candidates splitting the vote, no one will get a majority and so there will be a round two. The top two will go at each other and then obviously the one who gets the most votes will win. Um, it is believed that Ruby Rivlin, who we mentioned before, Knesset member Ruben Rivlin, will definitely make it to the second round. And who will he be up against? We don't know. But of course, as we say, nothing is for certain. Stay tuned. The elections are tomorrow. On Wednesday, I'll be filling in for Nachum Siegel on JM in the AM. That would be Wednesday, June the 11th. And we'll have some post-election updates and analysis for you. So tune in, 6 to 9, 91.1 FM, 90.1 FM up in the Catskills, and 91.9 in the Muncie area around the world at jmdam.org. That'll be Wednesday. Um, we promised and we will deliver a brand new song debuting by Tal Segev with Yonatan Razel. It's called Ush. There is no despair in the world. It's interesting because Tal Segev was an up-and-coming rising star of uh, Israeli music. And then he came down with a, a mysterious, crazy disease. And he, he was sidelined and they, he couldn't sing. And for quite a number of years, uh, he, he just uh, couldn't do what he does best. And he's back after a tough battle. He is back, and he is releasing this first number, Enyu Ush, There Is No Despair. And so those words take on added significance when you know this story. He's done it with our good friend, Yonatan Razel, and we are debuting it for you here on The Israel Show. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to The Israel Show on the Nahum Siegel Network. השמש דולקת כל השנה חצי מהזמן חם לי חצי אני נרדם בזמן האחרון אל עצמי התקרבתי קרוב לים שמתי את מחשבותיי אין יאוש Yeah. 
Keep it here for uh, brand new, the latest in Israeli music, Enyush Tal Segev and Yonatan Razel. Brand new, we're debuting it here for you on The Israel Show. My name is Mayor Weingarten. We are coming to you on the Nachum Siegel Network, NachumSiegel.com, and via the Nachum Siegel Network app, which over the weekend got a, a, a small update. That's an update to the huge update that we had like two weeks ago. So if you haven't gotten either of those, get to your iTunes store or your Google, whatever they call it, the other one, uh, the Android, where you get the Android apps and to make sure that you get the latest version of the Nachum Siegel Network app. The Israel show, this very show, is proudly sponsored by Nefesh Benefesh. This is an organization that... You know, sometimes you say um, a, a private organization can do something much better than when the government tries to do it. Like that's what most people feel about Obamacare, right? We don't want to nationalize health care because the private can do better than the governmental. I think Nefesh Benefesh proved that. You know, for for years and years and years, there the the Jewish agency, which is a semi-governmental outfit 
was in charge of Aliyah. And, you know, you're hampered with what you can do. You can do your best, but you're, you're got a lot of Pekidim and so forth. And comes Nefesh Benefesh, two people who come up with an idea and say, let us glorify Aliyah. Let us make it exciting. Let us make it the in thing to do. And let us provide assistance in the best possible way to those who want to make Aliyah. For example, if people feel that they're being held back from making Aliyah because they don't have enough money, let's give them financial assistance based on their needs in order to help them get to Israel. And what ends up happening, of course, is that Nefesh Benefesh becomes now the official Aliyah source and resource in the United States, I believe in other countries as well. So you, you, you can't say enough about what they've done. And uh, their charter flights are legendary. You can go onto their website, get so much information, resources about moving to Israel, about living in Israel, differences between um, different rules and laws, whether it's banking or other things that you need to know about Israel. And, and watch the videos of those charter flights coming into Israel. Wow. You, you will be so moved. And um, their website, Nefesh Benefesh, nbn.org.il, nbn.org.il. This show is proud, very proud, to be sponsored by Nefesh Benefesh. Um, let's see. We'll go to a song, then we'll uh, talk a little bit about the... Uh, Australian government's beautiful decision that was taken last week. This is a classic. Halav Udvash Galiatari won the Eurovision Song Contest back in the day. Hallelujah. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network.
Doesn't that bring back great memories? Wow, I haven't heard that song in a long time. And it's a good one, really good one. Dalia Tari with uh, Hallelujah. So, um, in the remaining moments, we're going to tell you a little bit about Australia and what they've done. Now, I am a proud product of an Australian citizen. That's right. My imam, who is listening right now on our listen line, was born in Australia, in Perth, believe it or not. Weren't many Jews in Perth at the time. And um, she continues to this day to be an Australian citizen. And so I am proud that the Australian government announced last week that they will no longer describe East Jerusalem as occupied territory. And this is, uh, this is their statement, the statement of the Australian government. The description of East Jerusalem as, quote, occupied East Jerusalem is a term freighted with pejorative implications. I wasn't sure what freighted means, maybe an Australian term. I think it means burdened with pejorative implications, negative implications, which is neither appropriate nor useful, said George Brandis, who was reading a statement that was written following a conversation with Australia's foreign minister, Julie Bishop. And the statement continues, quote, it should not and will not be the practice of the Australian government to describe areas of negotiations in such judgmental language. I love it. This is something we've been talking about for the longest time. How the use of words, biased words in the media, have an effect on the public, you know, the public perception of the situation in Israel. By the way, I'm going to continue a statement because I don't want people to think that, oh, this is like some sort of a right-wing radical government in Australia. He added that Australia supports a peaceful solution to the Palestinian-Israeli conflict that, quote, recognizes the right of Israel to exist peacefully within secure borders and also recognizes the aspiration to statehood of the Palestinian people. So it's not like he's saying, oh, Jerusalem belongs to the Jews and uh, there's no compromise, whatever. No, he's just saying that when we use the term occupied, we are actually giving an opinion about the conflict. And what we should use is the word disputed because the areas are in dispute, which is correct. Of course, the Palestinian Authority has has uh, called on the Australian government officials to give an official clarification, blah, 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 blah. But I think it's important for us to realize how charged different words are and how we have become so used to certain terms that are that are referred to in the media that we ourselves sometimes end up using them and we got to sort of think it over and use the correct terminology to describe the situation. So, for example, occupied territories. That's the term you're going to see. In fact, on CNN, Christian Amanpour uh, berated Naftali Bennett and said occupied territories is a uh, term that's internationally used. Well, it's wrong. It should be disputed territories. By the way, unfortunately, the problem begins with Israelis themselves. Because 
quite frankly, going way back, even to 1967, the Israeli government at the time, and I believe it was mainly the influence of people like Moshe Dayan, started calling it Hashtachim Hakvushim, the occupied territories. Or, if they wanted to be a little more parve, they would just say Hashtachim, but everybody knew that that was shorthand for Hashtachim Hakvushim. And what's interesting, and this was pointed out by um, Dani Ayalon in one of the Hasbara highlights that we've done before, there are other areas in the world that are in dispute. There are quite a number of them. I didn't even realize how many there were. There's an island in the eastern Persian Gulf. It's about five square miles. It's in dispute between Iran and the United Arab Emirates. Well, it's not called the Iranian-occupied island of Abu Musa. There's large parts of the Western Sahara controlled by the Moroccan government, known as the Southern Provinces. And there's a dispute between them and some uh, state or group that I never heard of called the SADR, who claim they actually own, they are the sovereigns of that Western Sahara area. And here too, they don't say Moroccan-occupied Western Sahara or whatever. No, it's disputed territories, and they're going to work it out. But when it comes to Israel, it's occupied territories. And there's so many other such words that we got to – phrases, words that we got to be careful. People always say, oh, you know, I'm against giving back territory. No, no, we're, we, you, we're not giving anything back. Yudan Shomron, another phrase that we use rather than the West Bank, Yudan Shomron is an area that never – belonged to any sovereign state since World War I, since the Ottomans, the Turks left. And so you can't give something back to a person that never owned it. We could give it away, yes. So let's be careful about that. There are many other um, such phrases. We can talk about them in the future. Of course, we're running out of time. There's militants versus terrorists. There's, as we mentioned, the West Bank versus Yehudan Shomron. There's the phrase Arab East Jerusalem, and so forth and so on. So, words count, words matter. Let's keep that in mind. We are going to close out with um, Ode to Joy, the Hebrew version of Ode to Joy. Shiru Lasimcha Shebanu is the name of this version, Adi Cohen and Alon Harari. Uh, but before we do that, we're going to thank you for listening. We appreciate very, very much your participation on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash The Israel Show. And we'd love it if you haven't liked the page yet that you do so and tell your friends to do so as well. We're in a contest with Matis and JM Sunday. Great show, by the way. You should tune in on the stream every Sunday morning between 7 and 9, JM Sunday with Matis. Matis is up to 246 and we're only up to 217. Come on, guys. We're The Israel Show fans. Anyway, we appreciate your interaction with us via the Facebook page. And if you'd like to message us, you can do it there. Or you can send me an email, mayor, M-E-I-R, at nachumsegel.com, mayor at nachumsegel.com. Thanks to the staff of the Nachum Siegel Network. And as always, really my very, very special thanks to a very good friend, Nachum Siegel, for everything he does, for everybody 
and for me as well. Stay tuned for Tech Talk with Arya Lightstone, and then keep it tuned to the Nachum Siegel Network all day for great music Monday mix. I'll be filling in for Nachum on Wednesday morning on JM in the AM. Tune in between 6 and 9. And until then, and then on Monday, a week from today following JM in the AM, this is Mayor Weingarten reminding you that nice guys do not finish last. They're just running in a different race. <laughs> Yeah.